Okay, today, guys, on the Carpet Cleaner Success Podcast, we have a, a good friend of mine, Sean Barrett. Sean has retired out of his carpet cleaning business in his early 50s. The focus of this, this uh, uh, interview today is uh, how to start a carpet cleaning business in a town of 30,000 people and retire in your early 50s with financial freedom. So if that sounds intriguing to you, stick around. We're going to have a conversation and just kind of dig into the weeds and, and, and see how all of that happened and get some nuggets out as we go. Welcome to the Carpet Cleaner Success Podcast, a show created to inspire carpet cleaning business owners to build their own thriving residential and commercial cleaning business. Your host, John Clendenning, has built and sold successful cleaning businesses for multiple six figures over his 30-year career and is the founder of Carpet Cleaner Marketing Masters, a digital agency that turns your online marketing into a lead generation machine. Tune in as John shares proven tips, strategies, and expert interviews to help fast track your success in the carpet cleaning industry. Welcome, Sean. Thanks for joining the Carpet Cleaner Success Podcast, uh, and I'm glad we finally were able to catch up and do this. That's great, John. Uh, it's been too long since we've actually sat down and done something like this, so thank you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, just a, a brief bio um, on your background, um, you know, who you are, where you, where you're, where you're from, and uh, just, just that kind of stuff. Just, just you know, a little bit about Sean and uh, and and that kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. Well, uh, like you said, um, my wife Leslie and I, we actually late '80s into early '90s, we right out of high school, we decided that we wanted to own uh, a restaurant, so we started a, a deli in, a, in an up and coming city, and um, we were fortunate enough that. Not knowing at the time, but I'm you know, looking back now, like a lot of the success principles we put into that restaurant are the same that flow through to mean duct cleaning, HVAC cleaning, whatever. Um, so from like '89 to '92, I believe we owned that and we sold it for a profit. And uh, the cool thing was a, a local franchise used to clean our carpets, and he hooked us on cleaning carpets. So my wife and I moved back back home and started um, with three franchises in our local service area. As you said, it was around 30,000 people at the time. It's closer to a hundred thousand now in, in that service area, but yeah. um, started that. And not too long after that in 92, I think you and I probably met sometime in 94, 95. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there. And, uh, and the cool thing for me at that time was that you and I were very like-minded and, uh, you know, being able to have that connection with a market mind to be able to come up with ideas that nobody else was doing and, uh, you know, just get all, in, all enthralled with that and actually able to try this and, hey, hey, John, did you have any success with this? And, yeah, I did. And what about this? And just a tweak here, a tweak there certainly helped us um, expand our carpet cleaning business. Um, and then from there with the carpet cleaning business, what we actually did was um, we felt restoration services were probably going to be a bigger um, a bigger business for our local service area. So we actually we backed on our carpet cleaning business to get them in for that flood call for with insurance companies, brokers, homeowners directly, and we were able to build a pretty decent restoration company up to forty people, um, twenty two vans, and we sold that in twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, so that's, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff in between all that, but that's that's the quick version. Yeah, no, that's good. And we'll, and we'll dive into that as well, because you're right. It, it's that um, the part that, that we like to talk about on these podcasts, and we I talk daily to carpet cleaners, whether they're clients of ours or just people learning, you know, learning what, what we do or how to, uh, how to grow their business. We're, we're talking about that marketing mindset a lot. And it's something I'm really trying to drive home. Um, how, you know, you, you wear multiple hats as a business owner. Uh, we talked about the three different hats that you, you know, you, you wear and you can take off the, the management hat. You know, you take off the technician hat first. You should be, you know, you might be the guy in the truck, but let's get somebody in the truck out working for you so that you can take that hat off as you grow the business. The next one might be the, the manager hat. You, you can have an office manager or a general manager as you grow and, and, you know, be the entrepreneur. But as we, we like to say the, that marketing hat really is, uh, is the entrepreneur and the owner of the business is the visionary of the business. They, they have to see where the company's going. They don't have to know how to do all the little pieces, but they have to see where the company's going and get that messaging in the marketplace, why you're unique and, and can, Continue to learn that craft so that you can continue to stand out in a crowd and, and that kind of thing. So let's let's talk a little bit about the services that you offered because again, you started with the carpet cleaning. You um, you added uh, uh, the duct cleaning came along at one point. Um, yep. the, the restoration came along, and then even when the restoration came along, I remember um, um, popping up to your place and watching you giving seminars and building a dry room in, you know, to hold the, the, to bring in the insurance adjusters in the area to see it and have them fill out an application to see if they qualified for you to be their vendor, turning the tables on them and, and all of that kind of stuff. So let's talk a little bit about sort of um, that, that progression from, from quote, just doing carpet cleaning to adding multiple services to, to grow to the next level and, and thinking through that process, what a, you know, you, you saw the writing on the wall that restoration was going to be bigger, but it's still, it's not a hard, it's not, or it's not an easy business just to jump into. So uh, let's talk a little bit about sort of what, what took you that, you know, gave you the, 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 the gumption to take that next leap and, and actually invest that next level. Yeah, I think, um, and I've heard you on of your, um, interviews and, and your YouTube uh, channel talk about the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Yeah. Probably the, not a reader, uh, probably the first book I ever read from start to finish and probably the best investment I ever made back in the day. And yeah. it's still, everything in that book still stands today. Um, and I think, he, I mean, that, that book actually, talked, I think they had them, you know, the E-Myth for HVAC. Yeah. Really doesn't matter. But it's all, it, it's all, Whatever the word would be, it's all uh, uh, to any service. Yeah, I just you know for anybody watching this, if you've never read the E Myth, it just be a book that you read and you should grab a. Whether you, I still like the hard copy, so I will write all <laughs> over it and highlight areas so I can refer back to it, and um, that's just the way I learn. But great book. Um, yeah, as far as. Uh, it really, we were just very fortunate. I mean, I think something that we always preached um, was making sure that whoever you ensure your business with, you know, whether it's going to be for carpet cleaning, restoration, whatever, they're a real key source for us. That was our first company to go. We insured ourselves with a very large broker in our area. Yeah. As we got the confidence and the training to do restoration, use them as a resource to get that first phone call. Any insurance industry has changed, but that's certainly still a focus 
Um, it's still about people at that level. It's not always about social media or, you know, flyers or however you're attracting your clients. Sometimes it is still a person. And for yeah. us, that happens. Yeah. Um, no. Carpet cleaning, uh, the natural progression, I think, with any carpet cleaning company probably is cleaning because now you can, you know, that cleaning can be done yeah. very horrible. Yeah. And so... Not unlike yourself, we got into got into the duct cleaning as well, and it was it was great to get us into fire jobs, um, another job. So again, just setting your hey, this is the company we want to call to, let's say the cleanup during, after, and the duct cleaning. So yeah. that was the starting point, and it just it kind of blossomed from there because we wanted to. I, I still remember this day thinking, man, if I could just stay awake twenty four hours a day, I'd be rich because I can just work twenty four hours a day. <laughs> And now I just, oh my God, how could I even think? Yeah. But um, at that time, I, I did feel that way. And it's really not about working in your business, working, right? And yeah. That's advice you can give someone. Yeah. And the working on your business part of it, again, that there's that that marketing that we talked about because nothing happens until you, 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 a sale, until you make a sale, there's nothing else to do. And then the very next thing to do is deliver on that promise in the marketing message and have staff that buy into that as well so you know making sure you're hiring well and 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 getting great technicians who are representing the company in the home in you know in the restoration world you know you've got great subcontractors you're working with as well as the on staff team and stuff like that and making sure everybody buys in as well and it's part of it is even uh, i like to always consider it you're marketing to the employees as well on why you want to deliver a great service so that you're marketing to them. And I remember walking through your office and seeing the signs all over the place. Every Everywhere you turned to look, there was, in, it wasn't a picture of a field of flowers. It was a sign with, you know, with, with a message on it to the staff to keep in, ingraining in their heads um, what you, what the company actually means. So you, you promise something to the world and then you build the company that can deliver it as well. And all of that is still just a, a great marketing message. Um, just like we were talking about, or I'd mentioned earlier, like, you know, when it expanded golf tournaments in the early days, I had employee appreciation or sorry, client appreciation barbecues, uh, which I didn't even know if anybody would show up. But back in my early days in Stratford, I went down by the Avon River and took a barbecue and invited people. And I I, I, I had handpicked five or six people to that I knew would show up. But it was like, how many packs of hamburgers did you need? But it was, you know, it was to get the name of the business out even more and have those conversations and stuff like that. And uh, that was something that uh, I know you did with the, uh, um, with the adjusters and agents and stuff like that to hockey games and to golf tournaments and, and, and actually invest back in your business. So um, on a carpet cleaning level, talk a little bit about um, sort of, cause one thing I do notice is some, some cleaners are shy these days. I guess they always were, but I just, I just see it a little bit more wa- not walking into carpet stores and making those, having those conversations and having those referral sources um, into, designers and uh, real estate agents and just that marketing outreach that needs to happen part of it just personally meeting people we talked about but also the marketing outreach to to get people to you know you know come out to lunch with you or you know come to your um, drying room and an event that you're having in the uh, facility and stuff like that there's a lot of outreach and marketing that that needs to happen there as well so um, just if you remember a little bit of the stuff that you did, you know, back in the day to get to get those things to happen, to, to make those connections. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, I, I, it is it is going to be some 
emotional driven aspect. I mean, if that's not your comfort zone and your comfort zone is just texting, I mean, eventually you got to move. So, um, and, and we're still human. I mean, there's still a connection, you know, whether they like you or don't like you, just be yourself and share what you're offering. I think, I think we're missing that in today. Yeah. COVID. I think a lot of people um, still value that. So uh, for us, things will, you know, if there's an organization, so when we, when we built the flood room, part of that was for the insurance companies for sure, but we also had a local college that was right into um, environmental study. Yeah. And so not only would we flood it and dry it, we'd also do testing of microbial growth in the insulation and the floors and the walls. And we would invite the local college to bring their classes over, which then, of course, we would also media. Yeah. Um, you know, put that on news, newspapers, whatever. So that in itself, but there was a book, and I know you and I have both read it, but I'm the obvious expert. And, I mean, you know, we did that without saying we were the expert. It just, yeah. we were obviously experts. All the local media were saying Yeah. Again, a lot of it is just, you know, if, if you want a job, then go be a carpet cleaner. If yeah. you want a business, then you got to think like a business owner. And yeah. um, and even back in our you know our day when we had that, I think that was still the way a lot of people think. Well, I can make my sixty or seventy thousand dollars a year cleaning carpets, but a lot of times I think what people don't realize is running on cash. It's not really an investment. And then when you hit fifty, mm-hmm. fifty-five, and sixty, yeah, what you have to retire on? Are you going to carpet clean to your seven? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And are you going to sell the business for the price of the vehicles and the equipment? Or are you going to sell it for the goodwill, the database, the name and and like again, the authority that you've built that 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 brand in your local marketplace up to? And that's a decision you have to make, you know, not not the year you plan to sell, but twenty years before. So 100%. Yeah, I remember that phrase that you once uh you I think you brought up to me at one point, but um it was that the difference of running you know growing your business over 20 years versus running your business year one 20 times that you're you're never you're never you've never really moved beyond year one you do the same things you're just running year one again and again and you didn't sort of expand and grow and learn and tap into all of these resources like this podcast is designed to be a resource but the books listening i don't i i tend to I, i remember the first time i saw one of your books i was shocked because i always believed that books should be you know revered and this 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 pristine thing i barely wanted to break the spine i saw one of yours dog eared and written on and highlighted i think i borrowed one at one point i went holy crap this is you know this is butchered but it made sense because you're coming back to the stuff it's a study notes right so i kind of picked up that trait from you because it was and it was a hard one because i always thought they should sit neatly on the bookshelf you read them and you put them down but what i tend to do now is um i listen to a a book on uh, the audio version of the book and then if i'm getting a lot out of it it turned out to be a, a good recommended book um regardless of what it is whatever field it's in and then then i'll pick up the physical copy of the book to then listen to again with the book in front read and listen and highlight and note and uh and all that That's kind of stuff so yeah just a way to absorb the information so well and i think we were both um big proponents at one point in time and i, I still do if i'm trying to contemplating trying to learn spanish Okay. Uh, from a holiday perspective and what yep. my plans will be, but uh, cyber cybernetics, right? With Dan Kennedy and, um, yep. you know, and just falling asleep, listening to the same thing over and over. It's amazing. Sometimes I go, I don't even know 
before I learned that, but it's in there. Yeah. And uh, again, a simple way for someone to be learning when they're sleeping. Yeah. And if you're the guy in the truck, I guess if we're, you know, like we can go down many paths with this conversation because there's just so many things we won't even get to. But um, when you're driving around, you're the guy in the truck cleaning or you've now handed over the cleaning and you're out doing the meeting and becoming the obvious expert and the authority in your marketplace. You're meeting with uh, the carpet store owners and the, the flooring store owners and things like that. You're joining the, you're going to the chamber events and, you know, making those connections of referral partners and stuff like that. You're, you know, you're out meeting commercial clients or whatever you're doing. There's a lot of time between stop to stop to stop, and you should be using your vehicle. Back in the day, we used to have to put cassette tapes in, and then CDs right. showed up, um, right. and you'd listen to CDs of you know of people teaching you great marketing ideas and advice, and you get one nugget out of that sixty minute um, interview or 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 listening to you know, buying a course by Dan Kennedy or Michael Gerber or you know. Jay Abram or any of these guys, right? It's just, you buy the course, you learn a bit and you go, wow, can I use that in my marketing swipe and deploy? And today's day and age, it's like, you shouldn't be driving around listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. I think Joe's cool, but that's, that's, that's a waste of two and a half hours of your time when you could be listening to the game by Alex Harmozy. He's, he's the guy, uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk or, you know, anything Dan Kennedy and Russell Brunson put out and, and stuff like that, the, the, the whole magnetic marketing world and stuff like that. All of it is just, you're absorbing it. And then when you go to, you, know, when you go to do something you've got these ideas in your head oh there's a better headliner why don't i send this book in the mail with a little note on it and say you know not to one guy but to five people but make it personal and you know hey i just wanted to reach out i read this book i thought it was cool um and just you know to somebody that you want to make a connection with in your local community and uh a really good chance that they're not getting books sent in the mail by anybody else and they'll you know they'll call you up and uh and thank you for the book and there's the conversation starter so and really, Don, like, just imagine like, you're embedded in this, but me looking from the outside in, there was somebody who was putting out the kind of content that you're putting out back then. Yeah. I mean, you know, how much, if they follow, and I think that's the key is following it. Don't, don't get your, it works. Of the concepts that you're sharing work. You know that. Um, if you just get, you know, other carpet cleaners, other service, I shouldn't just say carpet cleaners, but service industries so yep. and that. Um, there's a formula for success all laid out for you. I mean, I, your book alone, I just go, well, like, you're actually giving step-by-step processes as well, which back in the day, there wasn't a lot of that. There was a lot of theory yeah. um, and a lot of do this, you know, and, and buy this and, and so on. And you have some of that, but, but I mean, your book alone, I just go, man, you couldn't if you can't start a carpet cleaning business or a service business and follow that process. I don't know how much better it gets. Yeah, no, well, three ninety nine yeah. for your three ninety nine for your yeah, for the, the yeah two ninety nine think it is US three ninety nine Canadian for the uh, the yeah. uh, the Kindle version. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I just I just go man, but, but yeah. you know again if I was back in that realm in that, that part of my life, yeah, that's three ninety nine I ever spent. Yeah. There you go. And it's like the, the, the interesting thing about internet marketing is um, we've been around like my, my carpet cleaning journey started in 95 in high school. I started doing window cleaning as most of the people listening to this know, and then jumped over the side of 40 story buildings. till I realized, Hey, wait a minute, people 
one in 10 jump, like fall to their death at one point, if, if you keep up this career. So um, decided to go on the ground and that was carpet cleaning and uh, started that whole thing. But, and then realized, you know, bought into a franchise like you and I, we met at the, the same franchise. We bought into ChemDry and realized that franchises are good at selling franchises, but they're not, and they're good at selling their brand and the glossy. So, and it looks pretty, but it's not what resonates with people. You, you have to then decide, holy crap, now I need to learn marketing. I can't just hand that all off. So whether you're an independent business owner, because we both own the independent business outside of franchises and in, in the franchise world, and you can kind of see that comparison. And whether it's the internet or not, um, the psychology is still the same. Who is your ideal customer? Who do you want to actually listen to the, the marketing message? Are you getting in front of them with the right words? Are you weeding out the ones you don't want because you're 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 not trying to be everything to everybody? You you know if you if you don't want the people that want ninety nine dollar whole home cleaning, then let them know that you offer the finest quality cleaning at a reasonable price. Prices start at two hundred dollars, two hundred and fifty dollars. They're not going to call you if that's right in your ad. If you're looking for a cheap discount cleaning, please call somebody else. That was in all of our yellow page ads. That was like that was the near the headline of the. There's a headline and and that that same psychology still works today when somebody lands on your website. Well, what is your website? Well, it's still, it's got to convert. It's got to influence and convert. They came there for a reason. So they're, they're at least in the game. Um, they found your website from an ad or from seeing the van on the driveway, somebody's driveway, whatever. But when they come there, how do you keep them there? It's, there's a psychology involved. So you don't show the picture of the, of the baby lying on the carpet because Everybody shows the picture of the baby lying on the carpet. Show the team, show the owner why you got into this business, things like that. Have your risk reversal guarantee right up at the top. If you choose us, here's what we're going to do differently. You've got to be different in the marketplace and stand out and then become the authority. And then people will refer you, your customers will, and referral partners will as well. So it's not much different than putting out 50 or 100,000 flyers in a new market to open up a to, to open up a new area, a new territory. And, you know, back in the day, it wasn't the internet. It was, you know, get in the yellow pages. It'll eventually, you know, the, the crappiest leads, but you you get a volume of them and you, cherry, you, you, you work your way through the ones that are willing to um, choose you with a good script. And then you, you, you just, blanket market into the ideal neighborhoods the um the message that that you want and it's not about a discount and a deal it's about what you do differently with a good marketing message and it it starts to build that momentum and the internet's the same way it's it's just a different medium it's you know marketing is just message um market and medium and the message is the psychology it doesn't change people still fear the same things and the the market is uh like you know how you're marketing them is still the same crowd um your market is who you want the medium is the only part that that changes over time so and it's probably become more costly it has come more cost effective as well yeah. than it yeah. think about the money we used to spend on yellow pages how much was an average sorry to cut you off how much was an average customer because you knew your numbers well as well if you can remember back the average carpet cleaning customer who finally like came through a yellow page ad. So you put call tracking numbers in 99% of carpet cleaners didn't. We did. You, you put a call tracking number in. how many people came from the yellow pages versus this versus this. How much did I pay the yellow pages? Cause again, that was the, that's where you found your cold leads was people would flip through the yellow pages when they really didn't have a name in mind. And at the end of the day, you made a paid, like we were paying at one point five six thousand $6,000 a month 
to the yeah. yellow pages because it was the number one source of cold leads um, yeah. and then doing all the database marketing, everything else on top of it. But what, if you remember back, what was the average cost to buy a new customer after they called and then you finally booked them in um, at the end of the year, you, you've got X number of carpet or customers from the yellow pages for that as much as, you know, $30,000, $40,000 year investment to be in a number of the different books. Do you kind of remember, do you remember back what the average cost of a, a, a an actual customer was yeah, back in the day? Was. And I mean, it varied every year because I think as you and I talk more, like I mean, yeah. it depends on how many points of contact you were having every yeah. month with the client as well, right? But I, I'm pretty sure the first meeting was, was free. And I, uh, you know, if that average was 150 bucks at the time, yeah. It was it was free, and the whole idea was to have a good enough funnel so that you kept in as a client, so that yeah. the next one was more or less your profit, and so on down the line. So yeah. that's why that offer of free carpet cleaning, because we were almost doing it for free anyway yeah. with all of our lead generation. We might as well give them a free carpet cleaning. Yeah. Find your ideal customer, and, and if, if they're right for you, offer to do that one room for free. That's been around for decades now, but it's still, you know, it's a great offer. What we teach people right now is, like, if you want a great referral partner, reach out, make that contact, off, just say, hey, your clientele are people that use our types of services. You're an interior designer. You have a higher-end clientele. Sometimes they need their chaise lounge cleaned, their carpet cleaned, whatever you're not, you're not replacing everything in the whole house and they've you've now renovated the upstairs and the rec room needs a cleaning and stuff like that you're a great referral source let me come and clean a couple rooms in your house for free let's have that conversation let me show you why we do things differently how we do it and see if we can be your referral you know the, the person you refer but let's lead with the giving hand let me come and clean for free we try and teach all of our clients like make sure you're doing that outreach you know not once a month like once a week pick somebody else that you're giving a, a free cleaning to that could be you know, even just in that sense, a referral partner, but yeah, good neighborhoods. Um, you could be offering the neighbor one room free just to try you out if it's in around a golf course road or around your ideal customer and stuff like that. So what I remember is I remember it was about 80, $82 was the last number I had before yellow pages, you know, crashed and burned during the, you know, the, as, as 2007 iPhones were invented or came on the market and within a short period of time the recession happened and you come out of the recession you're pumping back your marketing again and realize that these little consumer devices became where the attention of the audience went so they went away from needing to look at the yellow pages to find anybody or other areas because they've now even even grandma and grandpa you know ended up checking out facebook and things like that and on the internet and they, they learned how to do basic searches so it became the the new attention thing but about 82 dollars was the last number i remember um average cost to buy a buy a customer um from the yellow pages and i think it's funny i was just talking to one of our clients the other day there and they were a little concerned that it cost them 15 dollars for a lead from facebook to raise their hand and say uh yeah i'm, I'm interested in your cleaning services now Facebook's disruptive. They didn't type in looking for a carpet cleaner on Facebook, right? They do on Google for Google ads and your, your rankings of your website. But on Facebook, you came like, you know, we try and target an ideal, the ideal demographic, a, a, you know, a 35 to 55 year old college university educated woman who's managing the household, has a career outside and usually has two kids and a dog. That's the average client, right? And uh, for, for a decent carpet cleaning business. Um, and that person is on Facebook. So let's, let's target some ads in front of those people that meet that demographic in, in your, uh, 
in your marketplace, but $15, even if it takes you five of them before right. one books and the other right. four, you, you had to have a text message conversation with, oh gosh, you know, God forbid, um, you just bought that customer for 75 bucks. That's still right. less than it cost us in 2004 with the yellow pages. Right. And what would an average, what's an average, because I, as I mentioned, yeah. Jim, I've on, on, on a lot yep. of this stuff now since I've um, sold the businesses, but like is 350 an average yeah. sale, 400? Yeah. So anywhere, anywhere between um, 300 should be sort of like your average job at the high, at the lowest end. Um, if you're yep. below that, there's a lot you can do to bring your average job up. You're trying to sell on price, not on service quality and value. And customers buy on value. The best customers and the ones that come back year after year buy on value. The ones that buy on price, you probably won't see them the next time anyways. So again, as we said, why waste your money on them? Give, give a free cleaning to somebody who actually pays well in your marketplace um, for the services. But 300 is a bottom end. We've got some clients that their average job is over 600 in just carpet cleaning. Right, so, so they're easily even after their costs and their expenses, they're easily doubling that seventy-five dollar Facebook yeah. generated ad. Yeah, yeah, I just mean, for that one. And and the other thing that we did in the sort of the grunt grassroots, wish we had systems that worked better, is you know everybody called up on the phone. Um, that was your number one way of getting leads. You picked the phone up right away. And um, if, you know, you, you get their phone number, either from caller ID or ask them, hey, if we get disconnected, what's the best number to call you back on? And at the end of the call, um, as technology advanced, and again, I don't want to sound like the old dog. Oh, my gosh. We, we, I remember the day when, you know, you had to wait three hours for the computer to boot up and stuff like that, but it felt like it. Now, but we asked for the email address so that we could send over um, what we just discussed. If they didn't book by the end of the, uh, the end of the the sales script conversation, then you asked for the email address. Why? Because now the next day your office person was to call them up if they didn't book yesterday, send them the information, call them the next day, see if they're ready to make a decision, wait two or three days, have that list of people, call them again, send them an email and just start dripping on them all of your good marketing until they either you know buy or tell you to go away, which either one is totally fine. Either they're not qualified to be your one of your clients or you're chasing them because you're not going to get them all from that first conversation. It's you have to have lead nurture built in. So building a lead database that was just a piece of paper on the desk beside you in the day is now so much easier with technology. Every lead that comes in, they've either come through a phone number that's recorded, you know, digitally on call tracking, or they filled out a form on Facebook. That's now a, into a lead database that you can text message them and drip on them and, and, and tell them why you started this business and, you know, the charities you're involved in and just let, get them to start to know you. So if they didn't book right away, maybe three months, six months, nine months from now, are you still messaging that lead, not just your database, but that lead so that, uh, yeah, you you now can influence them, right? So that that goal was like that didn't change. That we just had to do it with pen and paper back in the day. So we did, and I think and, and I think it was Dan Kennedy has resonated with me. Was that if you're not you're not pissing off at least one or two people a day with your marketing, you're not marketing hard. <laughs> and and then and and then the reverse happens because you'd send out your your postcards or your reminders to people or whatever, and they would literally call the office apologizing that they just don't need your services right now, but they'll call us uh, another time. So you know your marketing is working. When that yeah. 
Well, let's let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the the number of touches that you used to put, like you know, segmenting your database. Some clients weren't worth that many touches. Some clients right. were the apartment rentals. You got them, but you might as well still stay in front of them. They paid your minimum charge, but they're probably moving out soon, and they don't own the carpet. They don't care about it as much. And then some of your clients were like, you know you know, off-white carpet, off-white furniture, off-white dog, off-white everything, and they just want it clean three times, five times a year, right? And everything in between. But, and segmenting your database to know those is is one step, but then how many times do you touch them? And uh, I, I think the listeners might be a little bit shocked when uh, when you mention your A-list customers, how many times would you touch touch them in a year on average? Yeah, yeah it, it was, you have to think, I don't know 100% off the top of my head, but we were in that over five times a month. Five times we were, a month. I'm yeah. I remember forty to fifty was the number that you know, we used to talk about because we we would we would tell other people that, like other other carpet cleaners and franchise and business owners and stuff like that that and they're going what? How are you not being like? I talk to them once or twice a year. I rem- I reach out if it's a reminder and it's like, well, if you do it well enough, then you know you want to be a welcome guest, not an annoying pest. And that's so that's as long sick. as you're giving them something of value they're not going to be annoyed that you keep sending them stuff. And I think a couple of things you did really well. That is it, everything that we did was from like our family. Yeah. So every marketing piece that went out, you know, we'd have pictures of, you know, of my daughter going to school and had a crayon written happy father's day postcard. Yeah. And people resonated with us because we were just, this is going back to even when you're going out and marketing person to person, people we're just people we're just people trying to run a business and give you good service and if i see you on the street i remember you talking about this on another interview like you know, I, I never had to cross the street once because i uh, upset somebody with yeah the, with cleaning or with our restoration service it's a small community if yeah. we're at the hockey arenas together i want to make sure that person is what we're talking to yeah um, so it's everything you do um, which i think is something that you've talked about many times before too it's not marketing is everything it's not just it's just not the media that you're using it's it's your names it's your uniform it's the show you put on in the house it's the follow-up after it's yeah everything that you do yeah it's it's drive it's at the end of the street where you had the flower shop that airbrushed the name of your business on the were they yellow roses or carnate yellow they're yeah yeah. and every customer you arrive to the door you hey Thank you for allowing us in our home. And you give them a little gift bag and a flower. Like yeah. nobody has to do that stuff, but that's the, the amount of how memorable that is. Well, where does that come from? Well, that didn't come from, Hey, you know, Sean Baird is the smartest marketer on the planet ever. And he just came up with this in a dream one night. It was somewhere along the way, learning about marketing, absorbing that information. And somebody said, hey, I always do this. Every customer that we we, we go and see, we hand them something. And it was like, hmm, what can I hand them? And it's, 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 it's creating that next memorable moment, right? Really so, is. yeah, really if everything is. you're like, if your vans, if you leave the drive, you leave the shop and drive through a car wash before you head out, you know, out on the road. You make sure your equipment's clean and neat and tidy. Does it have to be? No. Do your technicians, do they have to wear khaki pants versus jeans? No, they don't. Do they have to wear, you know, um, you know, neat looking, 
indoor shoes and outdoor shoes and lay out, roll out a red carpet and put booties on when they're walking around with the client, hand the client booties to walk around and look at the job afterwards and deliver a, a full client experience. Do they ever have to do that? No, we've, we, we see pictures of, you know, we ask some of our clients, send us pictures of your team and they're in jeans and, and, and like a, you know, a, a long um, hockey Jersey. And that's yeah. the technician out cleaning. It's like, yeah, you, the customer might like you, but you're not referable. You didn't create a, a referable moment by just taking it up that notch to that professionalism that 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 stands out and makes you look different. And that's and all marketing. Every bit of it's marketing. It is. And your brand can charge more when you yeah. those little things. And so instead of cleaning four or five houses a day, you clean two because you're making the same kind of money. Uh, yeah. Better margins. Yeah. Yeah, as we always say to clients, like the, the internet's a mixed bag, no different. Like back in the day, it was flyers, 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 everything was flyers. And it was like, hey, how can I design that 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 one flyer? What's that one offer? I get those calls every day still. What is the best? What, you know, should I be doing Facebook? Should I be doing Google, um, Google pay-per-click? Should I be doing local service ads now? Should I, you know, what should I be doing? Where is the, and what is the best offer that I should put out? We get asked that almost all the time from, from our new clients is what's the best offer, John? And my answer is the, the best offer is the one that resonates with your clients right now. So what are you split testing? What is your AB test right now? Have you, have you put something out that became the control and it's working and test something against it? Always be testing and tracking, right? Because the offer is not going to be, there isn't one great offer. It's, it's what's resonating and how can you deliver a message around the offer? Is it Father's Day? Well, could you give out a barbecue set? with hey you know book for bar book for father's day and you'll get a 60 dollar barbecue set for free with your carpet cleaning buy a bunch of them on alibaba nowadays so much easier to get than from the wholesale guys we used to have to find them from and now they've got you know they've got the barbecue set as an offer just on father's day if you don't sell out all of them this year guess what you got some for next year's promotion things like that it's just thinking through Right. It really is. And again, I just got to reiterate, without giving you too much of a, a plug here. Point is, anybody in our age bracket didn't have these, uh, didn't have the tools that you and others are sharing with. Yeah. And it's just all the information that's provided. It's just, I don't know how much simpler it can get. I, I still don't understand why someone would go wearing jeans and a, a, a jersey of between. Yeah or do plumbing or do whatever i don't understand that yeah you used to have your staff all used to work shirts and ties right it was painful when i finally switched to the polo shirt it was painful it's like i didn't want them to stop it's just like it finally became sort of a cultural thing where it just like it was and it was probably only i sold two two and a half years ago my final brick and mortar business i think it was probably only about four years before five years before that we got rid of the ties so it was still you know 2015 or somewhere 14 somewhere that we i finally said okay we will go with very very neat and tidy polo shirts with the khaki pants and and stuff but yeah it's because yeah the ties still stood out well every customer would say why are you wearing a tie to clean carpets because we provide a professional service and we want to look professional in your home that was the script it was a script right so and again you were probably the first person who really helped our this understanding we had a but until it was put in put in front of the staff that were actually doing the selling in-house and on the phone at the time, yeah. um, that script was so important, especially the clothes. Yeah. Not asking for them, but you're not going to get the clothes. Yep. 
No, and it's it's it, like that. There's a psychology to every moment of sale. So it's some of it came naturally because. Oddly, I'm, I'm a naturally shy fellow. So I cho- chose carpet cleaning to put myself in front of customers to force myself to have to go into homes because I didn't want to just be a factory worker or, or you know somebody that shied away from society. So I did that in my early 20s as a way to challenge myself as self-improvement, you know, reading Tony Robbins and all that fun stuff. And that was my entry into carpet cleaning. And um, when I got a no, I took it painfully um, direct. It's like, oh, that. so the next customer, the next driveway I pulled in, I would say something slightly differently and slightly differently and eventually start getting yeses, more yeses than no's and went, oh, well, that's the way I should say that. It became, it was just naturally intuitive to keep myself out of, out of, out of pain, you know, as they say. And then I started learning neuro-linguistic programming and just sales scripting and started picking up when you went into a, a commissioned sales place and hear that somebody's been trained and they're actually weaving you through a conversation and going, I know what you just did there. You just did the assume close and you did, you know, whatever. And it's, it's, it's good to learn, but your front office staff need to know that the people answering your phones need to know that 20 years ago, answering the phone on your phone on your hip um, while out cleaning was definitely a recipe for failure because you couldn't, deliver that that you know scripted response that converted more people to a yes booking and understood why they should choose you over somebody else and make that differentiation you couldn't do that while you're standing in front of the customer or cleaning their couch and you just pause for a second and we learned that early on that that was actually the one of the secrets to success is if all of our competitors were still just answering the phone while out in the job we were going to be twice as busy as them just by having somebody on the phones answering properly and today's day and age the phone call is only about 50% of the time. The other right. 50% of the time, people want to text. So you yep. better have chat to text of some sort on your website. And the person answering better treat that as a phone call. You've got about you know less than a minute to get back to them by, by text and uh, some automation that starts talking to them right away. And even when they fill out a form on your website, back in the day, I was guilty of it too, that we would check the, the email inbox in the morning, maybe midday and at the end of the day. Nowadays, you should be alerted the second a new, a new uh, request comes in and you're right on the horn with them. We actually built into one of the tools we have for our websites, Carpet Cleaner Lead Pro. The second somebody fill, fills out a form on your website, your phone rings in the office, you pick it up, you, uh, if you can take that call, like you're not busy, you, which you shouldn't be, somebody should be answering the phones. You press one and you immediately connect with the person who just filled out the form. If they can't take the call, they get a text message saying you just tried to call them um, right from the system saying, hey, we just tried to give you a quick call. I noticed you filled out a form. How else can I help you? And you try and start the text communication if they're not in a place they could take a phone call. But just by filling out a form on the website, you should be on the phone with that person or on text with them within one minute because That's your chances... higher chance of converting just by doing that. So, and that, that, I mean, that goes for every server, right? Like plumbers, HVAC guys. I mean, it's just, yeah. There are amazing tools that are, that are available, but I I mean, I know what I spent roughly over the years Mm -hmm. with educating myself and stuff. And I'm pretty sure we're in the same range. Like there's hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, of information gone into all your systems. Yeah. And I love the, you said um, you scan and clone it, but or clone it and ban it, and just carry that on. Just yeah. you know, why reinvent the wheel when you have things that are working? Just, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, and that whole implementation is everything. Lock and load it. Like when you learn something new, put it in place. Plan plan your first iteration of everything to be like 
when you look back on it, laughable, which is fine, but you still did it. Nothing has to be perfect. Um, just iterate, put something in place, lock it into a system where it happens every time and then move on to the next and move on to the next. So your business is growing because you're building systems. That's that working on your business. If you're working in your business, you never get to this point of, of developing this. So if you can step away and work on your business, even if it's just one day a week at the, at the beginning and then two days a week, and eventually you're training, you're working on your business, training technicians to say things the way you say it, you, to show, to, you know, to show the customer, the spots and the stains and the, the before and afters, the way you show them, stuff like that. You're, you're creating a system in the company that's repeatable. And now you're working on your business and you can continue to say, okay, what, hey, what can we do next month? What can we do next month? You know, as a marketing thing, plan a month in, a, in advance. Eventually that becomes, hey, what's the year look like? Like you and I both had a yearly marketing calendar, not year one, but by year five or six in the business, there was, hey, I know what I'm doing every month of you know, every month of the year, what promotions are running out, what types of you know campaigns I'm running. And it was in advance, the budget was ready and everything. So, and now you're just iterating, hey, can I tweak this and make it a little bit better? Can I split test this a little bit now? Because that's, that's a great back to school flyer or offer or mailing or phone call sequence. And yeah, so can I, can I tweak it, do a split test and send this to, 2000 over database and this to 200 and see if the 200 beats the, the, the 2000 as a control. And if it does, we're going to, we're going to ramp that up next time and maybe do half and half and try and see if we can beat the control and just get better and better. Cause I learned something new over the last few months that I want to try when it gets back to September and back to school, you know, marketing and things like that. So, but yeah. So um, it's kind of a weird conversation to have when we're talking about you know, internet marketing and how to get your internet marketing right. And, but again, carpet cleaner success series is all about, these are the sort of like the tried and true stuff that you just, you, you've got to get back to if you've known them before and kind of forgotten and let things fall off. Let's, let's reinvigorate that. And if you didn't know them before, go out and start self-studying, like learn this stuff inside and out. Most definitely. So, yeah, I think we've had a good conversation. Um, I, I think it's we've left with a, a lot of nuggets of value. People are going to go back and re-listen to this again and have a bunch of questions. But um, just, uh, you know, in, 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 in a close here, um, what, what nuggets, any additional nuggets of wisdom you would give to, say, you know, go back 30 years and, uh, you know, 30 years ago, Sean was starting a business right now in today's day and age in the home service industry, home cleaning, home service industry. Um, what advice would you give to yourself that it took you the years in business to sort of uh, um, learn and, and really refine? What, we, what would you say to, as, a, as, a, as a parting shot advice to the listeners? Yeah, I think, I mean, Dan Kennedy always used to say this. You, you, you don't really, you don't delegate the marketing or the money. And I'm a firm believer in not delegating the marketing without understanding it. But I think you do need to delegate, maybe not, you need to delegate the media, but not the message. Yeah. It's more And, um, you know, well, man, I, I, I would have been retired at 40 if we had I had system years in place um, back then instead of creating them um, for 30 years. Not to that point. So if I was going to start again, I would research everything your systems i would um, if it was in the hvac i'd find out who are the marketers in the hvac industry as well i'd learn about them 
Yeah. And then also what I love about carpet cleaning, HVAC, the plumbers, whatever industry I'm in, is swipe, swipe and deploy. I would just, hey, that's something the HVAC guys are doing that I could perfectly do. Don't be so narrow-minded. Yeah. Take it all in and figure out what you can do on your end to do that. Automate yeah. yourself and systemize yourself. No, and that's 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 great advice. It's just there's so much going on nowadays. You know, if if there is a um, a landscaping guy in your mark in your neighborhood that's TikToking every day and and has got his little you know one minute videos and he's doing two or three a day and blowing up with followers follow him, learn from him. Can you adapt that? Like that's, you know, there is the roofer. Is there, is there one roofing company standing out among, among all the other ones? And what do they do different? How is their message different? Are they, you know, we're a family owned business. Here's grandpa that started it. Here's dad. Here's me. You know, are they doing that? Or are they trying to hide behind, you know, logos and graphics and without telling you who they are, you, you can start picking up these, these little pearls of wisdom from even the market around you, realizing that the best businesses actually marketed themselves to that point. Um, it didn't, they didn't just get lucky. There is a million roofers and a million landscapers and a million, you know, stereo um, installation businesses and carpet cleaners and pool services. But in every town, there's really only one or two that are kind of every area that has become the authority and stand out and double check what they're doing marketing wise. And you'll realize it's light years different than what the average person's doing. They're investing more in their marketing. Um, sure. We didn't really get into that, but we t- I tell everybody that um, 15 to 20% is the sweet spot and stay closer to 20% of your revenue going to marketing because that takes you from 200,000 to 275, 300,000 the next year to 400,000 the next year to, oh my gosh, I, 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 there's no more carpet cleaning customers in my area. It's not big enough to go to 600, 800,000, but I should open up a duct cleaning and a hardwood floor cleaning because I've got this database and I know how to market now. And it's the same demographic. Let me give them more services and let's build this to a million dollar business or whatever you want to get to. But um, it's by investing in the marketing and not trying to say, well, you know, I don't really market. I rely on word of mouth. Well, you know, word of mouth is still turning people to go, okay, well, should I trust these guys? Let me go see what they look like around. Let me ask other people. Let me check the internet. Let me see what they're all about. And that's all marketing as well. So, so invest in it as well as a, is a big message. We like to say, not just because we, we do digital marketing where we don't want to be, you know, the bulk of your marketing, but it's part of a mix, but you should be investing your, in your marketing and your marketing knowledge. So, well, thanks for jumping on. I hope uh, I hope everybody got something out of this. I um, hope it's another one of those great interviews uh, where you, you go back and listen to it over and over again and bookmark it and uh, and and write down the things that you know inspired you to do to do something and aim at those and send us a message and tell us uh, which things you, uh, you you liked, uh, which things you actually are planning to implement, and uh, that way we can we can even tailor more of these conversations and some of the master classes we do to the things that you need to know more information about so anyways thanks sean for hopping on i really appreciate it and uh yeah we look to look to catch up with you soon and we'll i'll let you know what the uh the listeners say about this episode sounds good john thanks so much hey take care